Hello, Internet. My name is Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. That was a rather grand name announcement. Well, like, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz sort of thing. Like, I am Oz the Great and Powerful! (laughs) Now, the film is called Oz the Great and Powerful. Perhaps disappointing to fans of Prison Rape and the HBO show Oz. Yes. Not a movie based on the TV series. Oz the Great and Powerful based on The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Matt, do you have any opinions on the Wizard of Oz universe? Well, it's a very iconic film. I think it's very good. I think it's a good setup, the Wizard of Oz. I think you've got some interesting characters, a bit of an adventure. I really hate the ending to the Wizard of Oz. So am I lit? Can we spo- uh, statue of limitations on Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah, most of the people that are around that came out and were just waiting to see it, didn't want it to be sport, have probably died by now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new generation of people that just don't care, shouldn't care whether the Wizard of is spoiled. It's been out on DVD. The people who uh, <laughs> who decide not to see it in the cinemas and thought they'd wait half a century for the DVD to come out have had their <laughs> chance to go buy it. So, anyway, the ending of The Wizard of Oz is Dorothy clicks her um, ruby slippers together, saying, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. Then she wakes up in her bed and... She goes, I just went to an amazing place. And you were there, Auntie Lil. And you were there, Uncle Jack, or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream. I hate it when endings are dreams. Yeah, I hate that as an ending. Specifically in The Wizard of Oz, I'm not sure. Because I don't think I've seen this since I was about six years old. If at all. It's almost as if... It's possible that I haven't even ever seen it, but that it's just so famous and iconic that I think somewhere along the lines of my youth I must have seen it. Somewhere over the rainbow. Perhaps. Yeah. But if I did, it was I was so young I don't remember much about it. So I actually have no emotional investment in this film at all. I... Wouldn't say I'm a fan of Oz. I wasn't excited because it was Oz. I really only wanted to see this because of James Franco. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> you were doing the sexy, oh, yeah. yeah. And you're like, wait, oh, you didn't say Mila Kunis. You said James Franco. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I really like James Franco. I think he's good in dramatic roles, like 127 Hours, and I think he's really good in comedic roles, like Pineapple Express. So... Less good at hosting roles, like the Oscars. (laughs) So, yeah, Matt, why did you want to see Oz the Great and Powerful? I don't know, something to podcast about. (laughs) (laughs) It could be quite a good film in terms of, like, quite colourful and engaging. I don't know. Are you, like, like, six years old? Oh, there could be some pretty colours and some pictures, moving pictures of animals. Quite vibrant. I don't know. Yeah. So let's get into the film. What's the premise? If this is not the same as The Wizard of Oz, it's not a remake, Mm. what's the story? Well, The Wizard of Oz is a story where Dorothy goes to Oz, she's got to go see this wizard who lives in the Emerald City and runs things and he'll help her get home and help everyone get their things, okay? Uh, This is the story of how The Wizard came to get to Oz. So it's like a prequel. Yes, it is a prequel. (laughs) Focusing on, I guess, not Dorothy, but the wizard. So they're sort of changing characters. 
there aren't enough male leads in Hollywood. Yeah. They need to get rid of Dorothy. Yeah. Put in the wizard. Well, the thing is, before the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy had a very boring life. The wizard actually, like, obviously had to get up some adventures to get to Oz. <laughs> so just like the Wizard of Oz, this movie starts in Kansas. Mm. The wizard is also, just like Dorothy, from Kansas, and it's black and white. But it's still 3D, isn't it? Or Yeah, still, still it's, 1080p 3D. Yeah. Mm. I feel like if you overthink it, it seems unnecessary. But I like how it started in black and white. Don't you think, like, the thing was, when they made The Wizard of Oz, colour was just coming in, right, to, to movies. Like, it was an no- actual novelty to go see a colour picture, right? Yeah. So it starts out black and white. People go, okay, yeah, enjoying this, you know, good movie. Oh, yeah, she's seen about over rainbows. There's, like, a dog. This is exciting. This is engaging audiences back in 1939. And then she lands in Oz and she walks out and all of a sudden, bam, colourful. Wall guys. Like, this is mental. So, but do you think this movie would have been good if it just started out like a regular coloured movie? you got your glasses on. And you're like, oh, we don't even need these glasses. It's just like a regular movie. Everything's 2D. This is like... Then he gets to Oz and then, bam, 3D. People are like, whoa, it's now in 3D. Because it's still novelty for us 3D movies. I semi-agree with that line of logic. I guess my counter to it would be... It's not really a novelty. We don't even like 3D. <laughs> we only saw it in 3D because of a scheduling mishap. We thought it was going to be 2D. But we couldn't make the 2D time. My other point would be... I don't think the 3D added a lot to this film. Generally, I'm a little bit indifferent to 3D. Sometimes I've liked it, like a little bit in Life of Pi... In this, I don't think my experience was enhanced because of 3D, except the very opening. The opening credits Mm. with the sort of diorama sequence, that was really cool. Mm. I feel like that would be something you could get high and just watch on repeat Mm. with. Which James Franco probably has done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I see. I I sort of see where you're coming from there. (laughs) So what is James Franco doing while he's in black and white? He's a magician. That's cool. I like magic. Yeah, it's always fun magic, right? So he's running the magic shows, and he also seems like a bit of a at a circus, a travelling circus. He's the magic guy. And he's also, it seems like, uh, pretty hot with the ladies. It opens, he's got a new female assistant. He is showing her, and he's got this thing where he magically makes a music box appear. He says it was his grandma's from the (laughs) war. And then they start kissing. Yeah. And it's great. But he keeps on getting interrupted by Zach Braff. Yeah. Just as annoying as he is in Scrubs. Yeah. (laughs) There was no, uh, unfortunately, no janitor to make sure uh, he got his comeuppance. But, yeah, I just did not think they had a good uh, knock a good door-on-sock procedure. Now, maybe this is back... It's set in the past, so maybe they hadn't sort of figured out the most efficient way to do the sock-on-door. There have been advances in the wingman code... Yes! <laughs> ...since the 1930s. Yes. Michelle Williams also pops in to say hi. 
Yeah, this is obviously some girl that's a bit different to all the other girls, and there's a backstory, blah de blah blah whatever. They don't even tell us what it is, but she's marrying some other guy. Yeah, so then he goes to do his magic show, where he gets his assistant from the audience, he levitates her, and then someone from the audience starts shouting out, Hey, there's a wire there, you idiot! Like, they just all seem to get very angry there's a wire there. It's a magic trick. Like, they've paid, like, one small silver coin to go see a magic show. <laughs> and they seem to get, like, really upset when they see that, like, there's a wire. Yeah, did this long ago people not realise how magic shows worked? Did they think it was real magic? Like, yeah. it wasn't just craftsmanships and smoke and mirrors, mm. like, that he could actually levitate the person? Yeah, because when I was in Vegas, I went and saw Penn & Teller. But it's not like if someone had told me afterwards, oh, did you know they were, like, not really, like, <laughs> shooting each other and catching bullets in mouths and whatever. I would have gone, yeah, I know that. It's a magic show. Uh, then this little girl in a wheelchair really stinks up the place. Uh, <laughs> really... <laughs> puts a puts a spanner in the works. She was like, "Oh, if you can make her float, can you make me walk, Mister Magic Guy?" <laughs> then he's like, "Oh, the magic juices are run out." <laughs> and then a dad like comes up or a monk is like, "Please, sir, we'll give you everything we have." <laughs> this is a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People that genuinely believe you can perform <laughs> miracles asking you to heal their crippled daughter. <laughs> yeah. Isn't your movie for him just to go, this is a magic show. <laughs> I'm not a religious miracle worker. I am... You are giving me coins in a circus to perform magic tricks. <laughs> like, I can only do the stuff I'm prepared for. I can't make crippled people walk. You're insane if you think that I could do that. I'd be here at this little circus. Yeah, if had that much power, <laughs> yeah. would be on uh, on the road travelling yeah. circus. <laughs> anyway, the sh- he obviously he slept with the strongman's girlfriend... Yeah, probably. She has another one of those music boxes. He chases yeah. after her. Then the storm comes. He thinks he's getting away by getting into a hot air balloon, but they get sucked into a tornado! Which is exactly how Dorothy got to Oz in the first movie. Did it take 10 to 15 minutes for her to get there? From the beginning of the movie, you mean? No, in the tornado. Oh, in the tornado. In Oz the Great and Powerful, it's quite cool. There's a bit of a decent action scene, him swirling around in the tornado, bits of debris flying here and there. But it goes on for so long. It's like a ten-minute tornado montage. Yeah, it Dorothy, it's like maybe three minutes, and you actually see things that have some relevance in the tornado too. So he gets to Oz. An hour in colour and widescreen. It's gone from 4-3 black and white yeah. Full colour widescreen. Yeah. And it's what I paid one dollar for my three D glasses to fully enjoy. Well, it's one dollar for the three D glasses. But like, like another five dollars for the three D session ticket. Three D session ticket. And I think it's another like two or three dollars for the extreme screen that we have. Like, <laughs> like, it's become a bit of an ordeal like paying. We'll for be asking for now. donations at yeah. the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he gets to Oz, it's bright, it's colourful, he's in a creek or something. Then this lady comes and says, you better get out of there, right? 
Yeah, Mila Kunis is in Oz, and she's a witch. But she yeah. seems like a friendly witch. Yeah. Well, she says that he needs to save them. He's been the prophets or whatever the king has sort of said that someone is coming. Someone with the name Oz will come to the land Oz, a wizard, and they will save the people from the wicked witch. Yeah. That is sending evil flying monkeys around and just generally causing havoc. This is the weird thing, I think. They never say what the wicked witch has done. <laughs> like, so it's like, you've got to kill the wicked witch. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not cool killing people. They're like, no, it's okay, she's wicked. <laughs> like, they don't actually say, she's imprisoned these people, she's she's killed people, she's uh, turned people into stone, she's, you know... When they get to Narnia, right, in the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the kids, and they say, you need to save us from the Wicked Witch. They're like, oh, why is this Wicked Witch? They're like, well, they're turning all our friends into, like, statues. <laughs> and, like... There's ne- in this never anything bad that the witch is actually accused of doing. Yeah, but people seem to live all right. Yeah. Like, in the cities, it seems okay. It's only maybe just out in the forest those monkeys come and go. But other than that... Yeah. But she needs to be gone. Yeah, yeah. You need to kill her. This wicked, get the witch. wicked witch. So he comes into the town. It's very green. Mm. He meets another witch. Mm-hmm. Rachel Weiss. Weiss. Weiss, yeah. She's Oscar winner. like a green witch. And the witches are sisters. Yeah, it's quite interesting because the first night James Franco spends with Mila Kunis, they're like dancing. Like he's like, have you ever danced? Well, no one would ever want to dance with a witch. He's going, well, you need to learn. And he gives her the music box. They make out. Cut, cut away to next morning. Like, they've definitely... She's, she is very clingy after that night. <laughs> like, but when he gets to Emerald City, he's sort of making similar eyes at the Green Witch. Rachel Weiss, yes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting they were cast as sisters. I think Rachel Weiss has done fairly well there for that to be believable, seeing as Mila Kunis is 29 and she's 43. Bit well, of a, bit of an age gap, but be like maybe the same father, different mothers, or something. I don't know. She's pretty good looking. It's oh yeah, <laughs> Pull, pulls it off. Yeah. So he goes off to kill this witch, and he comes across Michelle Williams, but not the Michelle Williams from earlier in the movie. This is some weird Cloud Atlas stuff. Yeah, going on here. Michelle Williams looks exactly the same, except she's never met him before, and now she just looks more like a princess than a witch, really. Yeah. She has this thing around her head that looks kind of like the thing the magician's assistant had. Yeah. As well, just, ooh, connections. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the best of both worlds. It's the Michelle Williams... Uh, and the cool headband that the other girl was wearing. <laughs> All in the same person. And there's also a talking monkey. Oh, yeah. Who is voiced by Zach Braff, who was his assistant. Yeah. And they meet a little China girl with, like, broken legs that I'm assuming is voiced by the same person as that cripple girl in the magic <laughs> show. <laughs> Now, this is a bit of a theme with The Wizard of Oz because 
as I alluded to in the earlier point, when the people Dorothy meets in Oz, the Scarecrow, the Lion, the whoever, are the same actors who played her uncle and stuff. And that's why when she wakes up, she goes, oh, and you were there, and you were there, and you were, you know. Which I guess is setting us up for It's All a Dream, Mm. which is pretty lame. Yeah. So obviously, like, he has to go about and get the evil witch, and there's a... Battles of sorts and blah blah blah. The, the yeah. movie goes on for however long it does. Yeah, that's pretty much the story. Mm. Let's talk about some of the individual characters. Whether we okay. like these characters, mm. I really liked James Franco as Oz. I thought he's kind of sleazy. He's a magician. He's pretending to be someone he might not be, and he has a really dry sense of humor. But he's sort of aware of some of his own shortcomings as well. You still like him. He's not a completely evil guy. I thought this worked as a lead character. I thought he was interesting. And I thought it had the film had quite a strange tone. It was very tongue-in-cheek. Hmm. I thought the first half was very funny. But then it sort of goes away from that in the second half. Hmm. And he, as a character, almost becomes less of a lead in a way. Or maybe just what he does is a bit less interesting after a while. Hmm. Now, yeah, this this guy is a player. Like, <laughs> he's probably slept with about three girls in Kansas. Um, and, like, he's... Well, the James Bond of magicians. Yeah, and when he's in... Or the, maybe the James Bond of children's movies. Like, yeah, it's uh, he's a real player, which I sort of quite like the ballsiness of, like, putting a, such a player as the lead in a children's movie. <laughs> And I like the the character of Oz, how he's a bit of a fraud, but he's sort of got to go along with it in order for not just himself and his own self-interest, but also it is something that can be helpful for the people of Oz too, this sort of, I guess, Harvey Dent-type figure that the people can rally around, you know. <laughs> so I, I really like that. I did not love James Franco in this role, though. I found, like... When he had to be over-expressive, it seemed like it was a bit forced. And, yeah, he just didn't have the presence, I felt, to carry the movie. So, it, like, not bad. He wasn't bad. I just didn't didn't like him in the role. He was uh, average, very average for a lead. I feel like he carried it. I feel like completely his presence is what made the film. Yeah, I just didn't... It didn't grab me. All right. Now we've got some witches. Yeah. Mila Kunis. Which witch do you want to start with? All right, let's uh, start with Mila Kunis. Okay. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. Whoa. Could get people offside, as you may have done with your anti-James Franco nonsense. <laughs> I'm going to say Mila Kunis is a bit overrated as an actress. And overrated in terms of attractiveness. Okay. I think... She isn't looking great for a lot of this movie, but I'm not sure that's necessarily <laughs> Mila Kunis' fault. We'll start with attractiveness. Yeah. Mila Kunis is very attractive, but some people bring her up in terms of, like, number one in the world. Well, she is, she is the reigning sexiest woman alive by Esquire magazine. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she's a nine, which is very high, but it's just too, too many people giving her a ten. Okay. And in terms of an actress, I really liked her in Black Swan. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know. She's just not that good. She's a little bit too over the top. She's not very believable. She's a bit annoying. I, just, I didn't like her in Oz. 
Now, I was pretty excited to see this meet for Mila Kunis, because I quite like her. I thought she's, um, she was great. I thought she was really good in the Black Swan, like you said. She seems like, I, uh, you know, I, I seem to like her presence and things and stuff. I think she's pretty funny on Family Guy. I really didn't like that 70s show, but I thought she was one of the, you know, she actually did a good job on it. So I don't think it was her fault why I didn't like it. It's like, oh, Mila Kunis, I like her. Let's see this movie. I'm pumped. Yeah, she disappointed me too. I was not uh, loving the Mila Kunis <laughs> in this movie. And yeah, maybe I I think as an actress, she's yet to prove herself. Like, uh, she definitely is capable of a good performance. We saw it in The Black Swan. But that's like, we need to see her do another one. Like, because uh, Ted, she was good in, but nothing noteworthy. Uh, yeah, when she won that Sexiest Woman, we thought, well, what was the buzz behind her? Why did she win that yeah. this year? Ted was the only thing she yeah. did, and she was a bit average in Ted. Yeah, so... This is why I'm saying I think she's a bit overrated. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think attractiveness, she's very attractive. I'm not going to get into this, you know, <laughs> what, what would I give her out of 10 or whatever. I do think in this movie... That's she, just not the kind of thing I do. Yeah. I refuse to rate things out of 10 for your amusement. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't want to objectify women. I don't want to... I think I'll Oz be... does a good enough job of yes. <laughs> Don't pull an Oz. Um, but I don't think it showcased her in the best light, this movie. Now we have Rachel Weiss. I thought she was okay. I thought her character did some interesting things, sort of got the plot moving. I didn't love her performance. She didn't have any amazing lines or any great scenes, but I think did her job in the film. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And Michelle Williams, I think her character could have been played by a cardboard cutout because the two would add as much entertainment (laughs) and emotion to the role that uh, Michelle Williams did. She was my MVP. (laughs) (laughs) So boring, so one-dimensional. I could feel something with her. She's providing a bit of, like, I don't know... Some, I think she had a presence. I think she was the one in the film with the presence. She was the person I sort of could get behind, if you know what I mean. I feel like James Franco made less jokes when she was around. Uh, she was like the party pooper. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought she has, she has an incredible presence. And I, watching this film, I thought, boy, Michelle Williams is really beautiful, isn't she? Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I could see an Oscar. Did you expect me to not agree with that? Like, she's disgusting. She's only a a nine as well. <laughs> well, I know people have like been raving about Michelle Williams for a while, but I haven't really like been on the Michelle Williams bandwagon. I've been like, oh yeah, like she's fine. Like, and I'm not just saying attractiveness, but just in terms of like as an actress and things. I thought last year she did a good job in my week with Marilyn. I thought that was a good performance and things. But this one I was like just looking at her going, boy, she's got a real presence. She's got a real, you know, star quality. I I don't know. I could see an Oscar in her future. I don't, I don't I've know. been on board ever since Synecdoche, New York. I have not seen that. I've not seen that. Yeah, you might like her in that. Yeah. No, I thought she was the standout. But, again... I won't be putting her forward for a screen verdict award at the end of the year. She wasn't like that good. I just thought she was the standout in the cast. And I guess we've got Zach Braff as the monkey. 
I don't really like Scrub. I, I thought it was kind of funny for a while, but then it got a bit annoying. I generally don't like Zach Braff in general. But I thought he was okay in this. I think the chemistry between the monkey and James Franco was quite good. Had a bit of a buddy film feel going on and a bit hit or miss. I'll go with okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll agree with okay. But I feel like my okay is a slightly different tone to yours. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's give our impressions of Oz as a whole. Sort of the scenery, the... Maybe you get you can talk about your pretty vibrant colours that you're excited to see, Matt. Yes. Maybe we'll include some of the, the fighting and the battles in that as well. Hmm. It was, uh, especially when they entered Oz, pretty beautiful. Some interesting flowers and things. I sort of wrapped into the world. I think after a while, it's sort of like... It seems like they go to town on creating the world of Oz in the first sort of when he comes in on the balloon. And then we spend a lot of time like in rooms and getting stuff ready and just in the same locations again and again. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a, for instance, a Lord of the Rings where they're constantly on the move, exploring new places and seeing new things. I thought the battle scene was sort of quite cool. A few callbacks to the old Wizard of Oz movie with the poppies and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was pretty impressive visually. Uh, I think they got a bit lazy after a while for it, though. Yeah, I would agree. I liked it at the start when you first get to see all the scenery and all the colours. I think my favourite bit might have been the bubbles, when they were floating in the bubbles. That was quite cool. Which is a callback also to The Wizard of Oz, because that's how Glenda would always arrive. It was seen in a bubble, in a pink bubble. But after a while, I wasn't really that interested in the setting, and some of the other characters that you meet, like the munchkins and the tinkers, or whatever they were called, I just had no interest in, so... I guess the magic of Oz wore off after a little while. Hmm. I feel like there were more uh, black people in Oz in this movie than there was in the original Wizard of Oz, which is sort of <laughs> interesting. Which is sort of interesting because this is a prequel. So, like, what did Oz do in his leadership that, like, sort of <laughs> like, <laughs> while he was running Oz, he did he get rid of the black people? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a Hitler on everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm sure you could guess from the movie too, uh, Glenda, the Michelle Williams witch, and James Franco Oz, like, become quite close. But in The Wizard of Oz, there's no reference, like... It's not like when Glenda rocks up and goes, Dorothy, you need to see the wizard. She, like, refers to him as sort of a distant sort of person that she doesn't know that well. Instead of her... Bang buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that might seem make him seem yeah. like he has a bit of a letter, less of official position, less imposing, less mystique yeah. about him. Hey Dorothy, go see the wizard. <laughs> He's a great lay. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get a music box out of him pretty easily. <laughs> Is it time for one of Screen Verdict's favourite segments? What has Oz the Great and Powerful taught us? Mm. Matt, what has Oz the Great and Powerful taught you? Well, I'll tell you what it didn't teach me. <laughs> and that's where where the shoes came from. Where the red ruby slippers came from. That's such a big, important part of the Wizard of Oz mythology. 
I was assuming this movie would give us a backstory of how these slippers came to be, or that they would be used in some sort of the battle or something, but they were not mentioned at all in this film. That doesn't really answer the question of what Oz the Great Powell's <laughs> I guess what it taught me was that Dorothy's dream has a backstory. <laughs> Dorothy loves prequels as much yeah. as the next yeah. person. The next night she went and dreamt the backstory yes. <laughs> to last night's dream. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, what has Oz the Great and Powerful taught you? Oz the Great and Powerful has taught me that gold is not that hard. I would have thought if there was a sea of gold items, coins and chalices and other various crowns and whatnot, if you were to jump on it, seeing as gold is a metal, that it would hurt when you land. But no, it's just like candy. You would just sink into it and you can roll around the gold and it's just the comfiest thing to play in. So get rid of those air-filled plastic balls at the Chuck E. Cheese and whatnot that your kids play in. Just get a bunch of gold. Might be a bit expensive, but it's super comfortable and your kids will love playing in it. Yeah, he really does Scrooge McDuck, that gold, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) He's... Really just throws himself in there. I thought that was going to be the joke, that he'd just hit it and just be like, oh, I think I broke something. That was a terrible idea. Yeah. So should we give our verdict now? Yes, let's do it. Oz, the great and powerful, starts off really well with that cool diorama-y opening credits. Then I like the opening with James Franco, him and the magician, the black and white. It's got this very funny tongue-in-cheek odd tone that I didn't expect and then as you get to Oz that's quite exciting with the colors and the story of needs to take down the witch and that but then it just drags on and it's so boring and everything's so standard from that point on and the battles aren't interesting and it loses the sense of humor and it becomes slow and cheesy and pretty unenjoyable to watch so very much a film of two halves I'm gonna give Oz the Great and Powerful a Six out of ten. Okay. Oz, the great and powerful. <laughs> it's a movie. Uh, I thought there's some quite uh, dynamic colours. I think the cast isn't bad. I think Michelle Williams does a good job. I think the sort of setup's okay, and I like adventures and things like that. However, I was never really loving any of this film. I thought James Franco were left a bit to be desired in the lead performance. Uh, I got bored. It's hard when The Wizard of Oz is such an iconic film, and this is anything but iconic. Like, people are not going to remember this film in <laughs> 75 years. Like, uh, but it wasn't a very good film. Like, it just wasn't. Nothing really worked that well. So I'll give it a 4.5 out of 10. So there you have it. Two scores. Was this a less successful Return to Oz than Return to Oz? I have fonder memories of Return to Oz. (laughs) I would have to watch it again. All right, so that's our verdict. Now quickly into housekeeping. Yes. Now you said you got some feedback on the podcast. Uh, I haven't heard it yet, so uh, let me know. All right, a good friend of ours, now friend of ours, so he has contact with the podcast... With some comments after listening to our Cloud Atlas podcast, they go by the name of Sleepy Jack. Uh, they informed us this is, that was the second podcast that they'd listened oh, to. very nice. Uh, they said 35 minutes seems like it might be a bit long, but they were both pretty engaging. 
We try to limit the film reviews to around 30 minutes. We'll how, keep how, that in mind. How long is this one oh, going We'll on. have to maybe oh, do a little bit of editing. Yeah, this, uh, who is it? Lazy Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepy Jack. Uh, they wanted to... <laughs> Sleepy Jack, probably not listening now. Yeah. We're probably past the 35 minute mark now. Uh, they wanted to know who is Matt and who is Jonathan because they agreed with the 9.5 out of 10 verdict and disagreed with the 5 out of 10. Ah. Well, uh, you're welcome, uh, whatever your name is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Jonathan. I was the one that liked Cloud oh, Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we're on the same wavelength there. They said the Neo Soul scenes alone were amazing. I liked it. So thanks for the feedback. Yeah, we love Jack. the feedback, even when it's not right. And <laughs> 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 we actually had a second. And we actually had a second comment on our Cloud Atlas podcast this time on Facebook from Jonathan Martindale. They said, "My favorite film of 2012." Whoa! So he's obviously using the American dates. So we didn't see until yeah. February this year, mm. but. Another fan of Cloud Atlas. You're starting to be outnumbered, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, I think most people didn't see it, so... <laughs> but, okay. Pity fandom for a Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we, you know we talk often in the podcast about how we're not big fans of books, right? Oh, well, you are, but, like, I don't know. We don't read books. But I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, w- I went to the university library today. I've gone back to college this year, and I need to get some books. We're doing a, a, a reading assignment for kids, and we need to get some picture books, right? So I went into the library. It's unbelievable how hard it is to find books in a library. <laughs> there were, like, computers everywhere, couches everywhere. So I go back down to the bottom level, and I press. I, I, I line up to speak to the assistant guy. And he got to him and I, oh, excuse me, I was looking for some, like, children's picture books. And he goes, well, they'd all be on the reserve computers. Like, you could look them up. And I was like, oh, okay, but where, like, would I, like, where would I find them? He's like, well, I suppose it'd be on level eight with all the, like, curriculum books. I mean, it's my first year at the uni. <laughs> I've got to, have to ask where a section is. Treating me like I'm some idiot who, like, well, you could just look that up on the computer. Like, isn't that what the service desk is there for? To, like, tell you where books are? Is this... No, they're there to tell you where the computers are. <laughs> this is 2013, man. <laughs> I've had nothing but... I'd look. like if there was, like, a book at yeah. the front desk to tell you how to find the computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I just sort of fill people in on libraries. So I think that's a wrap for the podcast. Next week, I believe we might be reviewing the show Girls. Mm. So if you've watched the show or you've been wondering whether you should watch the show, we'll be letting you know with our Girls Season 2 review. Yeah, and if there's anyone that are well positioned to review a show on Girls, it's me and Jonathan. (laughs) So tune in for that and we'll see you next week. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Does that make sense? It's a bit rapey. Sounds like you're talking about the show Oz again. (laughs) (laughs) Why won't you pause? Stop.